Earlier this week, uh, Housing Minister Ravi Kailan was on this program. In fact, on Monday, uh, when he uh, introduced the Short-Term Rental Accommodation Act, which is uh, expected to come into force by the end of the fall legislative session, so by the end of November, which essentially bans most short-term rentals that aren't in an operator's principal residence. And, of course, that means uh, stricter fines as well, $3,000 per infraction Per day, there's no doubt uh, many communities uh, and elected officials in those communities uh, have been inundated uh, with complaints about Airbnbs operating uh, in their community. Uh, Vancouver is one, Victoria is another. Joining me now to talk a little bit about um, what this legislation will mean for their communities is Marianne Alto, who's the mayor of Victoria. Ms. Alto, thank you for joining us today. It's my pleasure. Lovely to speak with you. So when you heard the legislation announced, uh, uh, your thoughts first and foremost, do you think it'll have the teeth that will require you and help your uh, fellow councillors deal with the challenges of Airbnb and short-term rentals in your community? Well, we certainly hope so. And I think that you've actually really focused on the most important piece of it, and that's the enforcement piece. I mean, we were pleased to see the the province step in and begin to look at regulating short-term rentals across the province because obviously, you know, doing it municipality by municipality isn't the most efficient way or the most fair and consistent way. And so we're hoping that what these policies will do, because it does provide some oversight, is really ease the municipal burden. The two pieces of that that uh, I think that I'm hoping most for are uh, the pieces around data sharing because, you know, it's so important for us to be able to learn where these rentals are. You know, we can't really regulate anything that we can't find. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, on, as you say, it's enforcement and compliance because we spend an enormous amount of time municipally you know, sending our bylaw folks out in response to complaints. And you're right, there are many, many, many complaints that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that uses up time for you know, other work that bylaw officers can do, which is you know, arguably as or more important. So, and this is all about, for us, uh, you know, welcoming this type of collaboration. And, and we are looking forward to seeing just what those teeth really are. Mm-hmm. So now this is hopefully going to re- receive royal assent by the end of the fall legislative session. So in your mind, how would this work? You get a complaint about an illegal short-term rental. Your office would then uh, call up this uh, enforcement team, the provincial enforcement team, and they could correlate that with data, and then they would report back to you? And then the bylaw officers would then go out or the city would then deal with the issue? So that's partially true. And, and of course, all of this is speculation in our yeah. part because we haven't seen the actual detail. But what I understand is that there'd be a little bit more involvement with the municipality at the front end because once the data sharing requirements are set up into an accessible database, uh, it's my understanding that our folks will have access to that. Don't quote me on that because mm-hmm. we haven't had that clarified. But that would make it easy in the sense that obviously you know, there are ways to license properly uh, a short-term re- rental. And so we have those records, obviously, on a local basis. And so the first easy step, I would venture to say, would be for us to be able to compare our data on appropriately uh, licensed rentals against the data that is collected by the province. That would allow us to immediately identify uh, whether or not there's information on the provincial database that we don't have which would then suggest that those folks are operating without a local license. That information would then be able to be turned to the province to be able to say, hey, look, here's a whole bunch of things that we don't have on our, on our system. So over to you guys to you know, try and do some investigation on that. And so how much of that investigation will be with the new provincial enforcement team and how much will be left to the local municipalities isn't yet quite clear. Uh, but we're hoping, obviously, that it falls more heavily on the provincial team because they have more resources than we do. Uh, what is it like presently uh, for you uh, and your community in regards to the size and scope of the challenge of short-term rentals? 
It's, it's pretty significant. I mean, we're always trying to find that interesting balance because we're a very tourist-heavy city, obviously, mm-hmm. and we want to be able to make sure that we do have different differential options for accommodation for folks who are visiting. And sometimes that experiential thing is about an STR, and so that's why we have the ability to license it properly. But, but just to give you some perspective, uh, so far, since we've had our own bylaws, which came into effect in 2018, we've issued 346 fines, uh, for um, short-term rentals that did not um, abide by our regulations. And that's been worth $91,000. And within that, uh, that obviously needs an enormous amount of detective work you know, around trying to uh, investigate whether or not these applications or rather these the complaints are valid, what, what the circumstances are. Uh, some of those actually lead to appeals of decisions, and then that essentially takes some months of time that it has to actually go through city council. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, you know, uh, during the, uh, the time, those few years that I've described, uh, in four of those cases, uh, we actually had to go to court uh, and fought the short-term rental owners in court, uh, including one person who actually had been operating an Airbnb despite being denied a license over a fairly long period of time. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, the city won all four of those cases. And that ended up uh, uh, turning out $20,000 in fine and court orders prohibiting five people who were operating those from ever operating short-term rentals again. Hmm. So, I mean, it's a, it's a fairly intensive requirement for a local municipality, particularly a municipality that has a, an enormous reliance uh, on resort visitors. Yeah. Uh, do you think, with the legislation itself, we, we I was talking to somebody the other day in your community uh, that that is a renter, I think in her uh, mid-60s, just retired, and so the, she used her some of her life savings, a lot of her life savings to buy this short-term rental in a building that does allow short-term rentals um, and as part of sort of her retirement plan. Uh, and now, of course, she'll have to rent it out on a monthly basis. It's a, I think it's about a 300-square-foot apartment, something in and around there, nothing too big. Um, do you think there still should be room for mom-and-pop short-term rental operators who uh, do want to make a little bit of money on the side? They're not you know, renting out five apartments and then mm-hmm. then renting them out to Airbnb themselves. But those small town, small small time mom and pop operators, do you think we may be a bit too strict in the legislation? I actually think that we do need to have room to have that conversation. But I also understand completely that you know that often the best way to start with something is something that's pretty clean and easy to understand. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I think what I'm hoping for is that as this unfolds, and as you say, hopefully it gets uh, its last readings this fall and comes into place next year, next spring. Uh, during the time between now and then, we have time to look at how this works. But perhaps more importantly, once it comes into effect, we'll be able to see how effective it is, how easy it is to operate, what impact it has. And I, I personally do think that there should be room for exceptions, that there are uh, lots of different circumstances which don't fit the cookie-cutter approach, of course, true most, with most things. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that conversation, at least in my view, is not off the table. But having said that, I do want to emphasize the fact that we wouldn't be in this position if we weren't dealing with the most dramatic housing prices we've ever had. Yeah. And so it is, it is true that, you know, a 300 or 300 square foot, 350 square foot unit may not be to some folks uh, liking, but I'll tell you that uh, my young adult kids would jump at the chance at being able to read that uh, and would find it perfectly acceptable. And I think there's an awful lot of people who would be able to 
adapt quite quickly and with some delight in being able to have that chance. Uh, out of curiosity, I know Vancouver is about 1,500 hotel spaces short for our, for the Metro Vancouver region. Does your community have the same challenges as well? I, I know you have lots in and around the legislature, yeah. uh, lots of great places to stay in Victoria, but are you lacking hotel spaces? Yeah, we're definitely behind in that, and that's certainly something that we're trying to work very closely with uh, Destination Greater Victoria and a number of developers. We do have some hotels that are in the pipe as far as applications and development, and we're very encouraged by that. Uh, obviously, that's part of this big conversation about the different experiences that are offered for visitors, and we will be addressing the shortfalls in hotel spaces in the next couple of years, along with different projects like this. I think the key message here, I think for me, with the STR legislation is that no one of these policies, and the city of Victoria has more than a dozen housing-related policies aimed at accelerating diversity of housing, no one of them is going to end up solving this crisis. All of them together uh, may have a significant impact, and it's, it's really looking at pushing every conceivable lever to try and resolve this as fast as we can, as much as we can. And this is just one of those pieces. Uh, Marianne Alto, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. You too.